You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. He's got it! Oh, baby! Every week, Travis Kura. That's yeah. Grey Cup me, which is a different person. And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Oh, nearly intercepted it ends! And it's over! Ready, set, hunt! And we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. What a shocking start. <laughs> To this episode of Two and Out, Babyface Brazilian Ty is on the show. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect that today, you coward. You know, I'm a coward like my old man, I guess. <laughs> but this is the exact same thing you did at the Grey Cup in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He goes up with a beauty stash. Next day, gone. Gone. Yeah, I just woke up and I just shaved it. It's especially... Especially, yeah, egg uh, especially, <laughs> unsettling for me because I'm on day two of my caffeine cleanse, mm-hmm. and I've just got an <laughs> an eye watering headache. Like my teeth hurt. Oh my yeah, so the the glare must just be. Oh, but my skin hurts. But <laughs> we're gonna you get the, through this. You got the itches yet? Not there. Not there yet. But. Yeah. Uh, Maybe yours isn't as bad Ooh. as mine. Ooh. We're going to make it. <laughs> this you, know, you know you can just take caffeine pills, right? Oh. If you're worried about having to go downstairs and make a coffee. Are they expensive? For you, probably. <laughs> yeah, I'm cheap. I'm a cheap dude, so. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> this episode of Two and Out brought to you by the Well Endowed Podcast by the Edmonton Community Foundation. It's hosted and produced by Andrew Paul and Lisa Pruden, exploring the impact of passionate people who are working to make Edmonton a strong, vibrant city to live in. The latest episode was episode 132. The correspondent Scott Lilwall finds out how an endowment fund created by the Friends of the Royal Alberta Museum Society will help support the Royal Alberta Museum far into the future. You can uh, find out more. You can subscribe at the wellendowedpodcast.com. That is the wellendowedpodcast.com. We are in week 18 of the CFL season. I got it right, right off the bat yeah. for the very first time. I mean, you suffered a stroke last week. <laughs> Or on Sunday. <laughs> several mini ones, several yeah. micro variety of yeah. strokes, yeah. But I made it. I made it. Um, <laughs> Barely. The Calgary Stampeders are on by, and they're still in the news here. I know the CFL trade deadline was yesterday. Nothing happened, though. Nothing happened. Uh, Bo Levi Mitchell staying with the Calgary Stampeders. Alden Darby. Yeah, but not on the day of, yeah, I guess, of the yeah. deadline. Um, I saw TSN Danny. did not have a nine-hour special. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> I saw Danny Austin uh, with the Calgary Sun tweeting that, hey, Bo's staying put. Hopefully that last home game against Saskatchewan, when they want to keep their starters presumably mm-hmm. healthy going into the playoffs, that – Bo will get maybe a half of football or something like that and get a send-off in Calgary at the end of October. Well, and 
you know, you want to get something for him, obviously. Like, you, you don't like to see guys like that walk because you feel like you can get a very yeah. good return. I don't know if you get the return now that you would have, you know, last year, at the beginning of last year. You, you don't get that same return. Um, you know, if you're, if you're serious about making a run and serious about uh, going up against Winnipeg to get to that great cup, that great insurance policy, and you let him walk, you win. You win a great cup, best case scenario. He walks, you get the pay cut going back down to mayor, and you can still – the trade-off is the salary cap room kind of thing, right? You're not going to get the return that you would have last year or the year before had you known mayor was going to be your guy. So I, I think they have to keep an insurance policy. We've seen it before. Teams with one quarterback, it, it's just – it's too thin. It, yeah. There's just not enough there. They have also signed Malik Henry to a three-year contract extension that will keep him – in Calgary through the 2025 season. That is a pretty big extension for the Stampeders. He's already got a 1,000 yards on the season, and he's probably uh, sending a thank-you card to the Edmonton Elks this year because, man, has he ever torched the Elks. Did he even need to play any other games to get to (laughs) 1,000 yards? Yeah, at the same time, the Elks are saying, oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> we have to play this guy every Labor Day again. But it's it's clear he's now become well. Reggie Bagleton's still there. Let's be clear, and mm-hmm. he's still getting the bulk of the targets, and he's still a trustworthy target for Jake Mayer. Can but, never have too many weapons. Yeah, and twenty five year old Malik Henry looks like he's going to be the centerpiece of that receiving core going forward yeah. and long term. Yeah, and I mean, like you mentioned the age, that's. You know, you're just getting into your prime in sports. It seems like sports are getting way younger now. You don't yeah. see, you don't see the the 35, 36, 37 year old scoring 50, 60 goals in the NHL unless it's Alexander Ovechkin and he's going to win me money doing that. Um, you know, in, in in football, like your career, it's such a crapshoot. It could be one game. It could be 15 years. Uh, you can lock this guy up now. He's healthy. He's been healthy. You know, you get probably his best three years going forward for sure. Uh, and, and like I said, you can never have too many weapons on offense. It's just another another option Jake Mayer is going to have. And I think, you know, with them letting Bo walk, salary cap relief that way just means that they can add pieces around uh, that young starter. The Stamps do have the likes of Kadeem Carey, Sean McEwen, Julian Goodjones, Ryan Skevier, Trey Roberson, who Derek Wigan, Mike Rose locked up through the end of next year at least. And we've barely talked about Calgary this year, it feels like. It's been Winnipeg and me making fun of Hamilton. Well, Calgary's losses really just came against Winnipeg and BC, yeah. right? Yeah. So, this... but I mean, they're just quietly winning games, just going about their business. You know, what happened was... last year, too, even? Yeah. There's that little, you know, we'll call it a quarterback controversy. We kind of knew Mayer was going to be not thrust into that starting spot, but he was going to get that job at some point, I think, because they want to get him reps. There was no way they were going to re-sign Bo unless he was going to take a huge discount to stay. It, it, it just kind of just went along exactly how we all expected it to, and nothing really deviated from that from that plan. I mean, they're it, in the playoffs it, it, for... I'm not saying it wasn't newsworthy. It was just what everybody expected. And so it was just like, yeah, they did this, move on. 17 consecutive years in the playoffs. Tickets on sale for the CFL Awards. We're about six weeks away from the Grey Cup in Regina. Um, Last year, the CFL Awards in Hamilton were free. 
you had to apply for them and hope you won this year. 175 bucks. It's a premium event. Uh, Grey Cup week and uh, Grey Cup week. They'll be, you know, announcing the CFL All Stars or at least going into they, the playoffs. Are they announcing the halftime show at the award show? I don't know when they're gonna do that, man. Or are, they just, or are we just having a normal halftime this year? Hey, if they put some bubble soccer on the field for the Grey Cup, I'd be happy. <laughs> You can vote for CFL All-Stars now. Uh, did you put in a ballot? I haven't yet. Um, hey, I you hate can vote three voting. times. Yeah, I hate fan voting for All-Stars. I think it's stupid. I was going to say, who's it the John Scott of the CFL? It becomes a popularity contest. Uh, I don't know. If we, I don't know. Can you get a Grimes? long snapper in on special teams? I don't know. Maybe Grimes. <laughs> Somebody that is not any good. That's just going to get votes for some stupid reason. So my ballot was Nathan Rourke. I mean, it's between him and Kolaris, and I'm not going to fault anyone for going either way. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Farhan Lalji saying it's a slightly better than a 50-50 chance Rourke gets in still this year, which I think is remarkable. Now, if you're BC and you can't catch Calgary, like let's say Calgary takes second, like, you know, worst case scenario, they're going to be third. They're going to Calgary for that West Semi. Do you even bother putting Rourke in? Or are you just looking at it for reps and maybe get them out of there after a quarter? Well, I, I think Calgary needs to worry about catching BC, don't they? No, but I mean, like, if if, if it comes down to BC, like the, that game has the, the last game of the season means nothing. Are you throwing work yeah, in there on the possibility yeah. that he gets hurt again? Yeah, we'll see, we'll see. But anyway, I threw yeah. him in there. Uh, Geno Lewis as my receiver. Ooh. Uh, Kadeem Carey as my running back. I put Derek Dennis as my offensive lineman. Friend of the show, we kind of have to. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's not even it's not even that he's that good. That, yeah, yeah, it is the pick. It. I mean, there's only a couple. There's only a handful of linemen that you know you can really pick. Yeah. Hey, and the old line in Calgary has been solid. I mean, it's a reason why Kadeem Carey has the success he mm-hmm. has. It's. I don't think Josiah St. John's getting on anybody's college. <laughs> My defense, I put Lorenzo Malden uh, from Ottawa, Darnell Sankey. Although there's a lot of good linebackers I could have mm-hmm. went with. Mwamba, Thurman, there's there's a lot of good Stamone. ones. Yeah, Big Hill. Uh, yeah. Jam- Jamal Peters uh, from Toronto. The Argonauts was my DB. And my special teams, Mario Alford, Richie Leone, and Sean White. There are no bombers on my uh, All-Star team, so I might bold. have to fit in bold. another. It's bold. I might have to fit in another uh, ballot there just to cover my bases. <laughs> <laughs> it is Thanksgiving weekend. And Friday Night Football is Tim Hortons Field. And this is kind of a playoff game for the Hamilton Tiger Cats, where they and are the Riders. two-point <laughs> favorites over the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the over-under set at 49. It is a must-win for the Riders. I it don't is... like that 49 number. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah. Where, where are you leaning there? Man, like under, but it's that, that 49 is so low. Yeah, it is. It is. Man, Saskatchewan six and nine, Ty Cats nice. four and ten. And of course, with the crossover rule, you can't just tie. You can't just doesn't matter who wins the season series. It's just based on points. So 
<laughs> if the Ticats win five and ten against the six and ten Riders with their last two games coming against the Calgary Stampeders and the Ticats having one against the Stamps and one against the Red and two against the Red Blacks. So <laughs> this is a pivotal game Friday night in Hamilton. This reminds me of the 2012 Colorado Rockies. Won like 17 of their last 18 games. Oh. Just to get in and then got swept in the World Series. Right. By the Red Sox. But, you know, you're playing so many, like we call they call them playoff games. But like, you know, they're games you have to win and you played so many of them, you know what you have to do in those games. That's what this is for the Riders. That's what it is for the Ticats. Somebody has to win. Well, no. They can tie, but you know, I just, I have zero faith in either one of these teams. Like we've seen Dane come out and be an absolute world beater two weeks ago. I know. And then last week was like, what the hell was that? Or two or the game after that was what that was at. The riders are the biggest frauds I've ever seen. This is, this is Sam Gagne 2012 all over again for the Oilers. Like it's it's an absolute fraud of a season. (laughs) Now, the, the positive part about Dane Evans' game against Montreal. So he lights up Winnipeg, five touchdowns, yeah. plays Montreal, and he still had a 75% completion percentage, 288 yards, and he didn't turn the ball over. So yeah. that is different from earlier oh. in the season where yeah. the turnovers were just out of control. Uh, uh, turnovers were out of control. The completions weren't there. There's yeah. no, no, uh, you know, he wasn't in sync with anybody within that offense, which seemed weird considering it was a full camp. Yeah, He'd been for sure. two seasons, you know, as the kind of like the one A to Jeremiah Masoli, where they were kind of splitting. And yeah, it just seemed something was off. I don't know what it is if he, if he had a nagging injury or something, but then he puts that game together mm-hmm. against Winnipeg, and everybody's like, whoa, here we go. And then the next week, yeah, he doesn't turn the ball over, but I mean, it's like, where, where'd that go? Yeah, they didn't get it done. Uh, Tim White still had 105 yards, and Wes Hills had six yards of carry. Only had 10 of them, though, and a touchdown. But, I mean, Montreal's won five out of their last six. So yeah. they are they're playing tough football as well coming here down the stretch. So what are we going to get? The, the Riders, <laughs> I mean, it was a tough month, and we knew it going in. Playing that stretch against BC, the stretch against, well, they lost the game against Edmonton, and all those games against Winnipeg. How do they go into Hamilton, a tough place to play, and just play a better game? It it doesn't need to be pretty. It doesn't. But losing those top two running backs on the depth chart has not been good. And last, last week... Cody didn't get sacked. They were able to limit Winnipeg's defensive line. Cooper Richardson limiting uh, uh, Willie Jefferson. And then you got Dan Clark back in there. Are they going to be able to limit Hamilton and keep him upright without much of a reliable running game? All the respect to Keenan LaFrance and Shaq Cooper, who looks like we'll see who's going to get the bulk of the carries this week. But if they're, one of them They're goes, not Jamal Morrow or Frankie Hickson. Yeah. And last week when LaFrance gets hurt and they're giving the ball to to 89, Keen Schaefer-Baker. Schaefer-Baker's a great playmaker, but from the backfield, it's just... <laughs> it's not his position. So yeah. 
They can't yeah. have that. And that that brings in not only the coaching staff, because like we talk about how much everybody hates Jason Moss. Finally, people are getting it. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe Dickinson isn't the head coach that this team needs. Just, you know, I mean, the discipline problems, the, the off-field stuff, all that other stuff. Where is the organizational depth that the GM is responsible for? How how are Keenan LaFrance and Shaq Cooper your only two options when those two guys go down? Yeah, it's it's been tough. I mean, when Morrow and Hickson go down, one of the best back tandems yeah. in the league, they're right up there, I think. But you can't. But Gary nobody and in and, their right mind expects Keenan LaFrance to come in and even do fifty percent of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if it's third and one, uh, <laughs> you gotta Might be able just to, punt. You gotta be able to convert those. Uh, Hamilton's not going to be easy if, to. If convert Tom those Brady either. can do it, if Tom Brady can do it at four hundred years old, <laughs> there's no reason that a running back with a full head of steam shouldn't be able to get it. Well, I mean, when you had the ball back six yards behind the line of scrimmage, when. You <laughs> Be better. That's details. Yeah. <laughs> Semantics. As for Hamilton, Tim White, I mean, I don't know if he's getting enough love this year. Five touchdowns, three 100-yard games in his last six. He needs 17 to reach 1,000, and he's going to cost you on CFL yeah. Fantasy. He is almost $11,000, but the most targeted receiver in the CFL, I mean – with the Riders giving up at least one or two big plays a game. The Riders are Nick Marshall. <laughs> and with or Mike Adam. their ability lately to be able to pressure the quarterback, yep. uh, maybe there's going to be a pretty big game here for Tim White. I, who, I don't know right now who you put on him in that secondary. <laughs> Can you... If he's you're going to throw the ball to him, let's say twelve times, how many of those routes and how many of those chances are is Nick Marshall just going to completely whiff on it? <laughs> he might get one pick. Great. The other eleven are going to be completions. <laughs> well, earlier in the year, the Ryder defense was able to pressure the quarterback, and uh, I think that was big to their success. And it, it's it's just it's not there. It's yeah. not happening. And if they're not going to be able to do it here, Tim White's going to be all over the place. And I'm interested to see what the Ticats are going to be doing at running back here. I've become a pretty big fan of Wes Hills. He mm -hmm. is a big, big back, and he runs over players. He's 6'1", 218 pounds. He does. Ooh, that's what I weigh. 5'8". <laughs> a short round. <laughs> He's only got into two games. Or three, sorry, but against Edmonton, he had eight carries, 40 yards, five yards a carry. Against Winnipeg, 10 carries, 5.8 yards a carry. And then against Montreal, 6.1 yards a carry. And the Riders gave up 100 to Brady Oliveira last week. I know that the Ticats have not been committing to the run, it seems like, since we started this show back in 2015. So it, it feels tough for me to want to rely on a running back, but that guy's a bruiser, and I feel like they really need to utilize him. 
And and the way this rider defense is right now, it just feels like the run game and the passing game, or like pass defense and run defense, are both weaknesses right now. It just seems like nothing's going right. Mm -hmm. They show flashes. I get that. But, I mean, this is a team right now that you can run on. They're not going to pressure. They can't pressure. If they do send pressure, it opens up holes. Like it's, it's been a nightmare. Uh, what is Hamilton committed? When you say committed to the run for Hamilton, is that is that going to be eighteen, nineteen, twenty carries, or is that ten? It might be ten. By right, because that's what it feels standards. like some yeah. nights. Is that it, ten is? Oh, we had a big, big night on the yeah. ground. Yeah. But I mean, they utilize their backs coming out of the backfield in the passing game they too, do. which a lot more than other teams. It feels like anyway. Um, just because they don't run as much. So you kind of got to look at it as a whole. Like if you're going to, you know, there's a difference between a pass blitz and a run blitz. If you're going to run blitz, try to shut down that run. Well, they're going to be able to leak out. Right. Like you can't, you can't just pick one, especially in this league. So in the way the Riders defense has been going, do you rush three and have Sankey in them kind of try to plug holes if they do run? And if they don't run, then they're in zone. Like, it just creates so many issues. I am looking at the practice report here for this game. Siante Evans practiced in full this week. He's questionable. Simone Lawrence practiced in full this week. He has been ruled out. Good to see him practicing in full, though. Returning from that knee injury, maybe he so, does. So Fajardo should make it through the whole game. <laughs> Poppy White has not practiced. He is out. And Stephen Dunbar Jr. is doubtful. They're saying it's not football related. So maybe that would be even more targets for Tim mm-hmm. White because Stephen Dunbar is quite yep. a deep threat. Uh, Mario Alford practiced in full on Wednesday for Saskatchewan. He's questionable. Charbel DeBeer is questionable. Samuel Emilis, Jake Hardy, out. Man, Keenan LaFrance hasn't practiced. He's out. Anthony Lanier, he's out. Darnell Sankey, uh, he's questionable. And Jamal Morrow has been has been ruled out. It does look like it's going to be Shaq Cooper carrying the ball for the Riders. We've seen in the past... He can be a threat uh, in the passing game. He can be a threat on the ground. I think he got into some fumble issues uh, as his career went along a little bit. So he hasn't been in the offense this year yet. Could be a cheap option. We'll see what he'll do. But the injuries are uh, Mm -hmm. mounting for the riders as well. We do have a Saturday Thanksgiving weekend doubleheader starting in Toronto where the Argos. What time does that doubleheader start? I think it's the exact same time as the Jays game. So poor Argos. Joke's on you guys. I have two TDs. Actually, yeah. (laughs) The uh, Argo game starts at the same time as the Blue Jays Mariners game two. Of the wild Which I'm series. sure will be down one nothing because the bullpen's going to piss it away. <laughs> the over-under set at 48.5 for this one. I think this is a big game for both quarterbacks. McLeod Bethel-Thompson had a rough one against uh, Calgary last week. Now, it wasn't just him. I, I think the entire offense was out of sync. He's gone... I think it's six straight games with an interception. But now Vernon Adams Jr. also wants to see some consistency here, too. He had a great game against Ottawa. So-so game against Calgary. 
Yeah, a so-so game against Calgary the week before. So what are we going to get from yeah. these two teams? Both secondaries and both defenses can be very hard on opposing offenses. This is an interesting game because, you know, both teams fighting for playoff positioning. Lions want to host the West Semi. Argos want to host the East Final. It's a big one Saturday in the big smoke. I hate that so much. (laughs) (laughs) It's not smoke, it's smog. Um, The one thing, though, is PC's traveling across country. So Mm -hmm. the time zones... They do make a difference, and we've seen it this year with teams playing the late game in BC, and it's not oh, even yeah. a game. Uh, and, and, like your your clock is all screwed up. That being said, like you mentioned, the defense is, is how much faith does Toronto? Well, I mean, I, I don't think faith is faith is the right word, but McLeod Bethel Thompson's just been so inconsistent this year that you know this game could be twenty five twenty three win on a last second field goal that could be bc winning by 20 well now the bow levi mitchell watch is on in toronto it's on that's in exactly what mcleod wants that's, right like, yeah i know he's not okay i've, I've mentioned the riders getting bow before it's a, i'm joking there's no chance his wife doesn't want to go there he doesn't want to go there i don't want to go there <laughs> Like, nobody wants to go to Regina. It's, hey, it's if they get Hamilton, bowed, it's Hamilton West. They've got a <laughs> they've got a pile of receivers that Bo's familiar with. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> so, we'll we'll see what happens there. Last in the league rushing on first down are the Toronto Argonauts. So that checks out. The loss earlier this year of Andrew Harris has been mm-hmm. big to them. Although AJ Olette. He's been a pretty good fantasy producer just because they throw him the ball a lot. Ball, yeah. But Look, the price the price is going up. Yeah, he's creeping up. He's over seven thousand bucks now. It's so a creeper. <laughs> so you definitely want uh some, you know, production mm-hmm. out of him if you're gonna put him into the lineup there. So he's got almost three hundred receiving yards on the season. Uh, I'm looking at last week he had six targets, the week before five targets and a touchdown, and the week before four targets, 26 yards. So they're throwing him the ball, and he's getting about nine, ten yards, uh, nine, ten carries a game mm-hmm. on the ground. Last week against Calgary, 7.3 yards a carry. I think you can run on BC. So oh, yeah. I would like to see them try to, to yeah. get that going and and help out their offense in McLeod Bethel Thompson with AJ Olette, mostly because I'm just a fan of the way that guy runs with that beautiful, beautiful mullet. I mean, is there anything better? <laughs> I mean, you want like this is a game Toronto needs. Oh yeah, they want to pull away and, and host that East final and get it secured before you know they have to win their last game of the season or something like that. You grind this team, like keep that offense off the field, run it. Like and, and it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, handoffs. It can be those swing passes can, yeah. that are basically an extension of the running game, which Olette has been getting. It like they want it, they they this isn't a game they have to win, but it's a game that they they want for sure. And I mean you want to win every game, but it's it's getting to that time of year where this is not the time you want to start slipping because you don't want teams catching you. 
Some Argonaut news. Long snapper Jake Reinhardt has retired. He has been with the team since 2014, the longest tenured Toronto Argonaut, 117 regular season games, the uh, Grey Cup in 2017, uh, and and now now he's off. So uh, good for him. He's joining the fire department in Guelph. Maxim Latour is taking over at Long Snapper, and I think that's one of the beauty things about the CFL. We respect the Long Snapper. You know, that's a very important position that never gets talked about. It is. It what an un. Heralded job, the yeah. unsung hero of the special teams. Like, I can't think of a time when a special, like a a long snapper, has has sucked. <laughs> and I guess that's why they stay on teams for so long. Yeah, just the consistency and being able to do it. And uh, he came back from that brutal elbow injury last year and I was able to get back onto the field so that that was good to see uh the Lions some off the field news Steven Stove Richardson uh working his way back from that Achilles injury the soonest he can practice is coming up in about two weeks but he's in BC and if they can add that big presence up the middle for the playoffs Mm -hmm. that'll be a big addition to that defense yeah. tie. And you add Matthew Betts. Or not add, but like, you know what, you add him to that group with Matthew Betts. The 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 DBs have been real good, you know, forcing turnovers, playing or pass deflections. Like if you're in, like that kind of scares teams away from running a little bit, maybe make some change to your game plan. Uh, you know, and, and you don't have to send the house after guys. You can send three, four and, and drop guys back in a coverage. It kind of just changes things changes a lot of things they can do and changes what other teams want to do. John Bowman coaching that defensive line. Mm-hmm. I think Couldn't uh, think of anybody better. He knows a thing or two about defense. Now, if you look at the injury reports for the Toronto Argonauts, they are missing some key pieces going to this game, especially on defense. Winton McManus hasn't practiced this week. He left last week's game with the knee injury. Shane Ray also hasn't practiced bicep injury on the defensive line. Deshaun Amos hasn't practiced. And then uh, DeVaris Daniels hasn't practiced as well. These Argos are banged up going into this one. And, hey, they, De- DeMonte They've been banged Coxie up all too. year, though, too. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I, it shows the depth that they have, mm-hmm. right? And it, them, Calgary, like Winnipeg, it feels like when they're whenever there's an injury – uh, it doesn't seem to be that big of a loss. Guys are able to, it's not so much plug and play, but they're able to, you know, minimize the damage, so to speak, at that position. Um, and, and yeah, those are like Went McManus, those are big names off that defense. And it kind of opens, if those guys can't play, it kind of opens the door for Vernon Adams to do some stuff. Yeah, it does. And uh, I, I think oh, J- James oh, Butler. James Butler, maybe they want to get him rolling in Toronto, Mm -hmm. too. One thing to watch for that Lions offense, Lucky Whitehead had the ankle rolled up on last week. He came back into the game visibly limping while running his routes. I mean, probably still faster than me. (laughs) Respect to him for getting back out there, but hasn't practiced this week. Will he play on Saturday? We're going to find out about that soon. Winnipeg Blue Bombers, 13-point favorites over the Edmonton Elks. The over-under at 50.5. 
I think the Elks really could cover, man. I know they just beat Saskatchewan by 18. Yeah. It is Saskatchewan. Uh, Edmonton just beat Saskatchewan. Um, look, in Edmonton, <laughs> untimely turnovers as well, allowing a 100-yard interception return last week in against Montreal at home, setting the CFL record for most consecutive home losses. But they're they're on the road. <laughs> that's got to be a pro sports record. <laughs> yeah, that's ugh, that is not good. That is that is horrible. So, but Winnipeg's got something to play for here. A Winnipeg win combined with a BC loss clinches the West final at home in Winnipeg. But the Elks going into this one without their top receiver, Kenny the King Lawler has season-ending surgery, collarbone injury last week on that big catch. What a catch and a great season for him. Rough way to end it. We'll see if he's back in Edmonton next year. But uh, when he missed the last few games, Edmonton really was looking towards Dylan Mitchell and Darrell Walker. Walker had a couple consecutive 100-yard games and – with a banged-up secondary for the Bombers, probably going to be looking his way again yeah. Saturday afternoon. Well, and that's that's not the only thing. Cornelius is a very mobile guy, as we've seen. Yeah. So, you know, if, if with those holes in the secondary kind of work in reverse a little bit where, you know, you have that weaker secondary, you can throw a lot and you can set the run up and, and the quarterback designed runs and draws off of that instead of, you know, using the run to set everything up. So that... I mean that just opens up another another option for Edmonton. I mean not having Kenny the King Lawler, not great. I mean they weren't doing anything with him anyway, like you know playoff wise. Uh, but I mean Darrell Walker's able to put up some numbers. Dylan Mitchell gets looks. So I mean it's it's an it's an eighteen game training camp. It's just a part of it. As for the Bombers, though, you mentioned earlier they have acquired defensive back Alden Darby Jr. in the trade with the Ticats. The uh, the Bombers acquired Darby in a trade with the Argos last year when it appeared that he lost the job in Toronto. Just the new Sean Lemon. Ends up starting 11 games for the Bombers, wins the Grey Cup, has a great season, and then in Hamilton... He just wasn't, they weren't getting him on the field. So he knows the system in Winnipeg. They've mm-hmm. got a bunch of injuries in the secondary. He'll be able to slot right in and make an impact right away there. Uh, so that's a good acquisition for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Um, <laughs> but Zach Kalaris, he's poised to be the second, the first player to win back-to-back MOP since Anthony Calvillo did it in 08-09. Leads the league with 30 touchdown passes. Edmonton's given up the most passing touchdowns this season. I picked Kalaros last week. He had four touchdowns on the Riders. He's getting more and more expensive. And, I mean, Nick Dembski, I think you're in tough. Is... Nathan Rourke, did he play enough games to win most outstanding Canadian? Or do you, like is he a lock? I don't know what I don't know what voters are gonna do there. Mm. Nick Nick Dembski had six touchdowns in September. Yeah. What a season he's having. And if he was on the season 
or the roster the entire year. Mm-hmm. Man, I, 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 it's between Dembski and Rourke for the West, I think, and probably yeah. Curly, Curly Gittins in the East. Yeah. But uh, it, did Rourke play enough games? I mean, of course, he was Superman when he was on the field. I, I'm interested to see what what voters are going to do there. Well, I think with, you know, with with Dembski being around right now, the recency yeah, bias. Yeah. I think will have a huge impact. Yeah. Mine would be Dembski just because I mean, yes, quarter, quarterbacks need the receivers to be able to put up those yards, but the quarterback is going to get those yards somewhere. For for the receivers to make those plays is something that you don't see that often. No, like, you know, this this volume he got into 11 games this season. He's got 613 yards, nine touchdowns. Yeah, that's a big number. Yeah. Uh, if he plays the rest of the season, he's probably, well, I don't think he'll get to 1,000. No. Um, but his career high in receiving yards was last year, 654. He's going to beat that, that's for sure. Um, he's also rushed the ball. Uh, 16 times for 127 yards, just under eight yards a carry. Yeah. Nick Dembski, a great player in that Winnipeg, that Winnipeg offense. And you know, I was thinking about it. I think since the departure of Paul Lapolis, the Bomber offense has been more fun to watch. Buck Absolutely. Pe- Buck Pierce has been, uh, he's been the great. ideas he gets because his brain's been rattled so many times. Like <laughs> nobody else is going to think of those. <laughs> And they work. They work. They do work. <laughs> like, I've come up with some real bad ideas. <laughs> no, if, if I look at the did not practice list for wow. the Bombers, it's pretty, it's it's almost an all-star team right there because Drew Wolitarski, Stanley Bryant, uh, Jackson Jeffcoat haven't practiced. And three DBs, Nick Taylor, Noah Hallett, Malcolm Thompson. So that that all Alden Dar- Darby trade mm-hmm. really is is big to that defense. Now looking at Edmonton, other than Kenny Lawler, it looks like they're doing okay. Um Ed Ganey limited at practice, uh Kyle Oxley back practicing in full. I think Maybe the uh, the game changer in this game is Jake Serezna, who has been an absolute monster for the Elks. And mm-hmm. I, I just look at the way that Montreal was able to pressure Kolaros earlier this season. It looks like Serezna can single-handedly blow up <laughs> offensive lines. If he's able to yeah. put pressure on Kolaros, the, the, the Elks are going to give the Bombers some fits here, I think. And, I mean... How many times have we seen and talked about even just this Winnipeg offensive line? You know, it's very rare that we see Kalaros, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, on his on his ass unless you Absolutely. know it's the whistle or something like that. But <laughs> you know, it just leads like you got to build that offensive line leads to way more success. This team has kept him upright, kept him healthy. We always thought he was one hit away. I know that's the. I right. thought his arm was done. Oh, yeah. wow. and then you know that game against Montreal. It's like okay, so there is holes in this team, and like we've said it before this year, this team is the most beatable they've ever been in the last two three years. Like it's it's ridiculous, but 
there is ways to get to Kolaros and get yep. pressure in there. Teams have to find out a way. Now, having Jake Ceresna do, you know, 90% of the or the bulk of the work to do that and open up other opportunities or being able to single-handedly blow stuff up, that, that, that could be a huge piece in this game. Six sacks, three forced fumbles in Jake Ceresna's last four games. So he has been... <laughs> <laughs> He's been playing some great ball for the Edmonton Elks. Okay, Thanksgiving Monday, Montreal Alouettes, six and a half point favorites over the Ottawa Red Blacks. The over-under set at 47 and a half. The Owls win. It's simple. They guarantee a home playoff game. The poutine helmet is back in Montreal. I don't know if you can bring your own turkey to put it in there too because a turkey Oh, I'm thinking cheese curds, stuffing, turkey, gravy. There's my Thanksgiving poutine. Somebody make it happen. I'm sure you can do some uh, cranberry drizzle on there as well. But I don't like any of that. <laughs> I don't understand how you can like stuffing, though. It's like butter and bread. It, it's not for me. What? <laughs> Butter and bread's not for you. I somehow doubt it. I somehow No, I've had stuffing. I'm not a fan. Uh, I don't know. Well, I'll get you a better recipe or something. I don't want to it, insult anybody, hey, but you're uh, you just insulted our number one fan, so good for you. You deal with that. <laughs> when she listens to this in two months. And I gotta deal with it at Christmas. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you, Travis. You'll be uh, able to participate in Montreal in their pregame tailgate uh, the second time this season. This is cool. You can As opposed bring, to a tailgate during the game? like Well, you can bring your own food and cook it on one of the grills that they've got set up for you. So, yeah. I'll, oh, man, i got to get to Montreal. This, <laughs> grilled pizza pops actually does good. sound good. It does yeah. sound good. I'll try uh, it on the Traeger. Hey. I'll let you know. Okay. Do it. Do it. Uh, do it. Do it. Do the do Ottawa it. Red Blacks have added Quan Bray to the practice roster. In, heard, uh, that's a name we haven't heard in a long time. In 2019, he had 818 yards and six touchdowns with the Alouettes. He did get into some legal trouble, um, mm-hmm. but he did have some great seasons, productive seasons in his first couple of years with the Alouettes. So we'll see if that turns into anything for Ottawa. I, I do think the big game plan for them here has to be getting the ball into Devontae Williams' hands early and often. He's 25 years old and he's got 5.9 or oh, five yards a carry on the season. Uh, if I look at uh, the last game against uh, BC, he had 12 for 59 against uh, Toronto, uh, 9 for 47. And the week game before that against Toronto, 14 for 80. But he's also adding catches as well. So he's become a value member of fantasy rosters there. 14 catches in his last three games. Mm -hmm. Does not yet have a touchdown in the Canadian Football League. I think this is the week that Ottawa better try to get him one. It's given the ball. I mean, it's been a pretty big bright spot in the last couple weeks. Yeah, it has been. Like, your season has not gone the way everybody thought or hoped. You fired your coach. This is the week to have that dead cat balance with Bob Dice in there. Give him the ball. Figure it out. 
Yeah, it's as simple as that for the Ottawa Red Blacks. And, and that's it. Just getting some offensive consistency going. It's kind of puzzling sometimes when it doesn't seem like they're getting the ball to Jalen Acklin, their, their leading receiver. It's just get the ball into the playmakers' hands. I don't know if they're going to continue to get Devontae Dedman involved in the offense, but they've they're, got talent there. They're not Dino Cicerelli, like... <laughs> Doesn't need to be two feet from the net to score. Doesn't need to have the like. They need to have the ball. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. As for the Montreal Alouettes, now we don't have injury reports because it's a Monday game. We could be seeing William stand back onto the field for the first time since week one. And look, they've won five out of the last six. They've been switching between Walter Fletcher and Jeshrin Antwi. It's worked. <laughs> it has done it has done well for them so far, but stand back is a game changer. <laughs> they get him into there, it'll probably take a while for him to shake off some rust, but well, that's... that would that would be my next question. Like what is stand back going to look like? Are they going to be spelling him out? Is he going to be getting the bulk of the carries? Like is his conditioning up and like is it at where it needs to be? There's so many questions. Like I'm sure they're not going to put him in and get him hurt, mm-hmm. and and you know I'm sure that he's going to be completely healthy. But it's what William Sandback are we going to get in that first you know maybe half of football? Is it, it, I I just don't see it being vintage William Sandback. I see him having to work into that kind of getting used to getting hit again and getting his breath and and maybe having to to spell out for either Antwi or or Fletcher. Hmm. Hmm. It's all about Geno Lewis and the Alouettes, and it's all about Trevor Harris managing the game. As long as they're not taking or making turnovers, the Owls will they'll like do okay. Or cherry or <laughs> you? You need a cherry turnover? No, I wouldn't need any. <laughs> There's fruit. It's not a thing I'm going to do. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Gino Lewis is the guy. He's, uh, I think, one of the, well, it goes without saying. He's on my all-star ballot, Gino yeah. Lewis. Uh, and if if we know anything about uh, this podcast, so that it's the be-all, end-all of how good guys are. Like We, we get it right <laughs> all the time. Have I got anything wrong? <laughs> Uh, I've got a lot wrong. Less than me. (laughs) But last week, Gino led the team with 52 yards receiving. That, of course, was against Edmonton. Um, It was not a pretty game for the Alouette's offense. Edmonton Edmonton isn't involved in a lot of those. Even though Trevor Harris said 82% completion percentage, uh, it was just not a pretty one at all. And Ottawa seems to be able to stay in games because of their defense. Um, we'll see if Nick Arbuckle will be able to produce early on and to keep this a game. But Thanksgiving football is back in Montreal, and it'll be fun to watch uh, that way. Um, it seems like the players like Bob Dice. And that'll be something to see here uh, if they're going to be able to play for their their interim head coach going forward. I, I just wonder if, you know, we talk about it in a lot in every professional sport. Like, I don't think that he necessarily lost the room. 
like so to speak, like guys didn't like him. I just think they just needed a new voice. Well, also, I, I think it's the the double duty. Yeah, it's really hard to focus, like to split time between coaching, and then you still got to like you're in the middle of a, you're in the middle of a game, and are you fully invested in that, or are you thinking about moves that you could possibly make after the game? You got to go make a phone call, <laughs> right? Right? What? Like you got to go make a phone call to another GM. Yeah, you got to ask the question because you got we talk about it. You know, GMs aren't doing their job if they're not calling every other GM at least, you know, once, twice a month, you have to see what's out there. You have to, you know, be, have leave those discussions open. And, and when you're pulling double duty, that's a big ask. And I wonder if we're going to see that changing in the CFL. I know there's the coach's cap. So a lot of times if you are having the opportunity to bring somebody in that can then be a coordinator and a head coach, maybe teams will jump on that opportunity, but mm. the teams that were struggling this year the most were the teams that had their coaches pulling double or in Edmonton's yeah. case, triple quadruple oh. duty. <laughs> but I don't think you were getting Chris Jones without giving him full autonomy. That's true. That's true. And, you know, in Edmonton's case, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt until next year. Uh, and even as the season has gone on here, there's been some new players getting into the lineup that have been making impacts for for that roster. So there you go, man. What's your fantasy roster looking like for Week 18, the CFL Podcast Fantasy League? We made it in <laughs> to the quarterfinals. We'll see if we can keep going here. You've got Andrew of the Turf District, and I've got Ryan from Canadian Football Countdown. If I know anything about being an eight seed, you just got to get in. Yeah, that's all. I, that, I'm pretty sure Andrew will take a dive for me. <laughs> so you're gonna guilt him into this, okay? Oh okay. yeah, I, I, I'm sick. I got gallbladder <laughs> issues. Oh, I was in the dentist for an hour today and lost a pint of blood. Like, great. Uh, <laughs> quarterback Vernon Adams, running back Kevin Brown, and James Butler, uh, Nick Dembski, Javon Katoy. Brendan O'Leary, Orange, in at my flex, and the Bombers defense. I got $55 left over. All right. I'm going to have to change my lineup. I got eight bucks left here. Uh, Dane Evans is my quarterback. Uh, A.J. Olette, Kevin Brown is my running backs. Tim White, Justin Hardy, DeMonte, Coxie, and the Owls defense. Coxie is hurt, probably not going to be playing for the Argos. But Justin Hardy got in last mm-hmm. week. Uh, 2500 bucks. That's why I got him in there. That's why I'm able to afford a uh, <laughs> a Tim White. But he had five catches and uh, 94 yards against the BC yeah. Lions. If he's doing that for 2500 bucks, take it. Getting another seven targets, I would be happy with that. This episode of Two and Out is brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Even if you're a busy business owner with more meetings than hours in a day, you're calm and collected when your group benefit plan is taken care of by Alberta Blue Cross. Your employees can manage their own health, dental, life, and disability coverage online anytime and on any device, making it easier for them and for you. To learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. Ty, who are winning the games this week? Whoa. (laughs) Okay, 
Riders, uh, tie cats. I could see going either way. Yeah. <laughs> right now, I have the Riders. You've got the cats. Yeah, I just I have no faith in either team. I'm just gonna take the home <laughs> team. Uh, Argos and Bombers and Red Blacks on the road. Red Blacks on the road. The new offense. Dead, dead cat bounce, baby. Bob Dice leading his team. Yep. Wow. I haven't seen Gary Stern if he's guaranteed a win for this one yet, but uh, <laughs> if the guarantee comes down, all and in on the Alouettes. Let's, let's be honest. I changed from the Alice to the Red Blacks while we were doing that. Preview. I know. I see that. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. That's week, week 18 coming up in the CFL season. Um, on Tuesday... After the Thanksgiving weekend, Justin Renfro will be joining the show. Grey Cup champion with the Stampeders in 2018. Spent time with the Edmonton Elks this year, and he's got that cooking series. Uh, you can check it out on Instagram, the JR Network, called What's Cooking JR. Man, goes to all these great restaurants. So if I'm being honest, the conversation is 99% about food. That's, uh, that's what it is. I wouldn't have really been able to contribute. <laughs> I know, I know. So while you're enjoying your Thanksgiving leftovers, uh, we'll be talking about food, Justin Renfro and myself, Tuesday after Thanksgiving. A very happy Thanksgiving to you. You can rate, review, and subscribe to Tune Out on your favorite podcatcher. Like and subscribe, comment on YouTube as well. A Brazilian tie will be on the road. Uh, this Thanksgiving, I will be in Jasper National Park this Thanksgiving. So we'll see you out there, and we'll talk to you next week with more Two and Out CFL Podcast. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter. 